On the cover, William sits at his father's desk, Frederick and Furness standing behind him with his hands on William's shoulders. Behind them on the wall, we can see rows of family portraits, some modern, some very old, some photographed, some painted. In the center, looking over the two of them with a wide salesman grin, is a portrait of a broad-faced man in a garish ringleader vest and suspenders, a bushy mustache, and pince-nez glasses. Issue 25, Family. And welcome back to Apex City One Shots. Uh, this is part four, and we are finally getting around to William. Mm, poor little William. Right. So All to, alone. To recap right quick, last time we saw William, William was getting abducted by his dad. Abducted is a strong term. Um, coerced to go with at risk of sending one of his friends to hell or That's kidnapping another one. Yeah, that makes more sense. So, you know... It, Kind of kidnapping. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and we open on William. And I think this particular one shot is... Um, I think this one shot stylistically is probably more in line of like Mike Mignola, like Hellboy kind of thing. Okay, I can do uh, that. We open on William sitting in his room. And it has been a while since we've seen William's room. For anyone who might be joining us newly at this point, let's describe William's room right quick. Uh, that's going to require me to remember what William's room looks like. (laughs) It's been like seven months since you did that the first time. Uh, and I don't feel like it was a super strong image the first time. So, um. Sure, sure. So I've listened to these episodes a little more recently. Do you want me to get... I believe it was fairly Spartan, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it was fairly bare. Um, there's maybe a couple of dressers, uh, one bed, and probably no windows. Right. Uh, at this point in time... I think we also get a shot of William sort of looking over and realizing that not only is are there no windows, the door is gone as well. That's normal. Um, yeah, that makes sense. From there, we kind of flash back to how you got to this situation. Okay. You teleport with your dad into his office. And at that point, he kind of just pushes you down into one of the seats on his desk, snaps his fingers, and another one of his portals opens up to bring up... Uh, Eric. Eric, at this point, is looking not so great. About half of his face is just charred. It looks like he was very recently set on fire, and he is kind of gasping for for air. There's, like, you know, smoke still wisping off his hair at that point. What the hell, Dad? When your friends force me to rescind your brother's birthright... Oh, yeah, they forced you. you. Sure. I will have enough of your sass. And he sits down across the desk from you. That's what I'm willing to do to my heir. Apparently not your heir anymore. No. Keep that in mind. Where is... We're missing a chime. At this point, I suspect you know what those are. It's a pretty good possibility. I'm only missing one. I know where the other four are. I have in my possession three of them. But there's one that you took from Auntie Toxin. Where is it? Okay, hold the phone for me for a second. Yes. Um, uh, as a player, I need to be reminded where I thought, what what void tribes I was aware of, and where they sure. were at. Sure. Um, so I, as well, far as I know, I had one that I have stored 
Last last time you had it, you had it on you. So I theoretically, it's on me right now because I never established right. anywhere else. Yes. Cool, great. Oh, yes. that's totally safe. <laughs> um, uh, the other one, I knew that uh, I can't think of her name right now. Debbie. Uh, Debbie had one. Yes, Debbie had one that she was hiding, which was the one that we had already stolen from. That I had stolen from Dad. So Debbie had one. Okay. She stole one from your dad. So she had you, two. You stole one from Auntie Toxin. Yes. So at that point, you guys had three. Okay. Your dad now says that he has three and knows where one other one is. Which that one is theoretically the one. Oh, wait. He knows where one is. And then the fifth one, which is the one that is currently in his office. And he apparently <laughs> doesn't know that. Yes. Oh, that's not good. Uh, okay. So I guess the question is, what do you do? One chime, huh? That's all you're missing. He just stares across the table at you. Fair enough. And you think that I have this one. The only one missing right now is the one you took from Auntie Toxin. So is she just going to give that to you whenever, like... She's aware of the plan, and she is... Oh, really? She's been cut a deal in this. She stands to gain as well. Okay, and after, like, all this goes down... What? You can backstab her like you just backstabbed your own son? I think at this point you are trying to pierce your father's mask, weirdly enough. Okay. So go ahead and I roll, can buy that. roll plus mundane. That's a bad idea. And six. Okay. Your dad looks over at Eric. Son, stand up. Stop making a fool of yourself. Come sit down at the table. And Eric, like, pushes himself up. He is shaking. He is, like, in a real bad way and just, like, falls into a chair next to you. Your dad looks over at him. Eric, have I betrayed you? And Eric just, like, shakily, like, shakes his head no. Like, you can tell he is just freaked the hell out right now. Yeah. (laughs) And he looks back over to you. See? He's fine. Fine. Okay, sure. Let's say I'm buying that. We are all willing to sacrifice to save our family, except perhaps for you, son. And I think your dad is trying to shift your labels. Uh, that seems fair. I think he's probably trying to shift your superior down and probably your danger up. Okay. Um, I'm going to reject that out of spite more than anything it. else. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, which I believe is just, just a, a regular up, roll. It's just a straight up roll. Seven. <laughs> okay. So when you reject someone's influence, on a hit, you successfully hold yourself and tune them out. On a seven to nine, you get to choose one of these things. You can clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. You can shift one label up and one label down your choice, or you can cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Ooh, canceling uh, my father's <laughs> influence seems pretty... Uh... <laughs> Timely? It seems really relevant right now. As much as I would love to mark potential, uh, I think I'm going to have to go for that. Okay. So I'm going to uh, write down he no longer has any influence over me for the time being. So your dad loses influence over you, and you take plus one forward. So next thing you roll, uh, targeting him or against him has plus one. And what does that look like on the page? How does that refusal look like? I play into exactly what he said. So... Um, like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm not willing to sacrifice for this family at all. 
if that's what sacrifice looks like, then why should I even want to be a part of this? And for a second, your dad looks just tired. Um, as kind of established previously, he is definitely older than the last time you saw him. Like, it's it's taking a very definite toll on the things that he does. The things that I do, too. The things that you do, too, yeah. You don't understand yet, because maybe you're not as invested. You don't have anything to lose beyond yourself and your small circle of friends. Think about it this way, son. Once you have children, there is very little you would not do to spare them a fate that you know is coming for you. I'm not saying I'm being entirely altruistic in this, but our family is larger than just our nuclear family. How broad are we talking that this is... We're talking every cousin that I know, every, like... No, How broad does this go? Balthazar's deal was for three generations removed. Which means you, anyone related to you, and anyone related to them. So it branches out. Yes. Over time... But we're the ones that have all the power, not any of them. Correct. The direct line family. If all of us get wiped out... It will transfer, but as long as we don't, they are bargaining chips. So how many people are you planning to sacrifice in order to protect your family? When does that become justified? And I think at that point he stands up, and he moves over, and he you know pulls a, the book out of the bookshelf, and the big long hallway behind his office opens up. Take a walk. Look at your ancestors who all died in pain, screaming. Ask them how many would have been too many. Sure, I'll take a walk. And he sits back down at his table. And, uh, yeah, at that point, we get, you know, William heading down the hallway. And the door closes behind you. You're in here, mostly torchlight. So it's kind of dim, it's kind of smoky. And hanging along a long hallway are, you know... Portraits of your ancestors. And at the end, there's that one big room with the one big portrait of Balthazar and Furnace that you know is on his actual skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the little altar set up and the, you know. So what do you do? Head down the hallway. Look at this. There's like an altar set up mm-hmm. underneath the underneath that, right? Yeah. In the center of that room, there is a little altar set up. It's, it's got, you know, five candles. There's a little spot in the middle. There are little indentations along the wall that have various offerings in them, like there's cigars, there's food, you know, valuables. Okay. I'm going to head over to that altar. Mm-hmm. Do I remember how... Because we, I, last time I was in here and we used it, what, what happened when... Did we use that altar? I'm struggling to remember. I'm sorry. You, I don't think you've ever seen this used. You remember how it was set up last time you were in. Uh, it is slightly different now, but I don't think you've ever actually seen it used. Could I try and figure that out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the way I would want to do that... How are you going to try and figure it out? Let's, let's, let's do this first. Are you just going to like try and puzzle it out? Or are you going to try and like do something at it? Um, I guess the first thing I would want to do... This is super not this game, more D&D. It would like, do a basic like, pull from my knowledge. Like I've been learning more magic lately Yeah, from... Uh, yeah, Horace. Name. Horace, thank you. <laughs> yes, it's okay. It's uh, so I like to feel that my off-screen, my off-panel, uh, mm-hmm. my character is... William is learning more about magic. Okay. So basically I want to see if I can't 
pull from that knowledge and okay. be able to figure out how to activate this. I, I think that works as an assess the situation. Okay. So that is plus superior. That'd be an 11. Nice. So the specific one on assess the situation is what here can I use to blank, right? Okay. So what here can I use to either activate this altar or... That said, you do get two other questions off that list, which you can use either right now or you can save them. Yeah, so what here can I use to, um, yeah, activate this demon circle? Sure. Um, so in the center of this altar, there is a little indentation. And one of the things in the sconces that looks like it has been used relatively frequently is a knife. Knowing what you know about demons, blood is a thing. Okay. That so, seems reasonable enough. Yeah. You probably don't need much, but you just need some blood. Okay. So, uh, take knife, prick open an index finger, smear it nicely along the blade, and then stab that knife into said indentation. Okay. As you do that, the candles one by one around the edge go out. Uh, it gets very, very dark. And then you see kind of a flickering blue flame... Um, surrounding the portrait of Balthazar Infernus. The skin starts to stretch like something from behind that is pushing against it. And then that flickering blue flame goes out again. And you can hear kind of a ripping, sort of tearing sound. You hear a long, cracking stretch and a big yawn. And then the lights one by one start to come up again. And what you see from kind of top to bottom, or I guess from bottom to top. Cloven hooves, dark blue kind of uh, fur, and then moving up to there, a very garish ringmaster kind of vest with uh, spent with you know uh, suspenders, a big bow tie, big bushy handlebar mustache, little pince-nez kind of glasses, big horns, and a little wreath of blue fire. Around looks really cool and Magnolia artwork in my head. Yeah, yeah. And he looks over at you and he goes, Bully! It's been a minute. Billy, you're bigger than last time I saw you. You've seen me before? I'm your pop-pop. Oh. You look different than I expected. You were just a wee baby last time I saw you. I don't expect you would remember. Yeah. What brings you to my sanctum? And he kind of sniffs a little bit. Your dad finally gave you the birthright, huh? Yeah, yeah, poor Eric. Oh, don't worry about Eric, he'll be fine. I'm lying, he's gonna be a wreck. Boy never could hold it together. But you, you've got a head on your shoulders. You haven't known me since I was a baby, apparently, so... Oh, I haven't seen you in the flesh since you were a baby. Oh. Your pop-pop's been watching you your entire life, son. It's not creepy at all. Oh, no, not at all. I watch all my family members. Take care of them. Grant them a little bit of my je ne sais quoi. So, what's dad going at here? Ah, your dad. Hmm. Never did like that boy. And he walks around, grabs one of the cigars out of one of the sconces, flicks a flame on his thumb, lights that up, takes a puff. Your dad's an idiot. Your dad thinks he's going to storm the gates of hell and force someone to change a deal. Your dad's going to get himself killed. And he's going to get... A lot of other people killed at the same time. <laughs> oh, you're damn right he like, is. Like, millions, I'm guessing. Oh, probably not that many. Don't be overly dramatic. He's just gonna sink a small... He... A small city, maybe. 
Which could have millions of people. Do they do they do they size them in millions these days? Yeah. Oh, so many humans. Look, your dad's head is in the right place. He wants to protect the family. Mostly he wants to protect himself because he is a selfish prick and always has been. But he's putting together a little army that he's going to use to try and force his way into the overlords. Make them change the deal. Your dad understands the very basics of these things, but not the underlying nature of this contract, you see. Keep talking. <laughs> Why talk? It's dusty in here. I've got your... What are you now? Twelve? Thirteen? Let's go with that. Sure. Mm, lots of life ahead of you. Let's take a few years off the top and take a stroll. What do you say? <laughs> sure. Wonderful! 65. All right. And he snaps his fingers and a blue ringed portal opens up. And on the other side of this, what you see is kind of a flat silver desert that you last time you saw was in Horace's sanctuary. Okay. Gotcha. And he steps on through and kind of waves at you with a cigar. Come on in, Billy boy. I will follow him. That portal snaps shut behind him and he stretches again. Ah, So good to be out of that altar. So this is the between. And he points up at the sky, and you look up, and we get this big splash panel. It's like old-school Marvel, like, cosmology, like the big Kirby sweeps where you can see, like, stars and planets and things just, like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Technicolor, everything. Gorgeous. Each one of those is its own place, its own realm, its own rules. Those rules are endemic to that place. You can't have the place without the rules. Okay? Following okay. me so far? Gotcha. Right. One of the rules of the uh, of the place that I made a deal with is that anything in that place is that place. And I understand that that's a little awkward to understand, but if you set foot there, it owns you. Which is what you did. <laughs> yeah, I came up right to the door, rang the bell. And so now it owns you. Oh, it owns me and, and three generations of, of my family, yes. Okay, seems like uh, quite the deal you made. Oh, yes. You Not see, even so much a deal as just something that happened naturally because you set foot there. Oh, I knew what was going to happen when I went in. You pop-pop plans. And yet Dad's a selfish prick. Okay, keep going. Ah, well, I never said I wasn't, did I? <sighs> Those words did not come out of your mouth, I guess. Here's what I got out of the deal. Me, personally, this is me now. Technically, uh, well, I'm a step down from an overlord. I guess you would call me just a baron. Point is, I got mine, and so does my family. So power. Power for me after, power for you now. Okay. What you make out of your life is entirely up to you. What you leave behind is yours. I hear there's a whole Infernus Corporation now. It's true. So much temporal power. The amount of things you could do with that. You could change the world. You could rule the world. Which is, seems to be Dad's goal. Uh, your Dad's goal is getting out of this. He doesn't want the part that happens afterwards. The burning and screaming and dying. <laughs> Come on, you think your Pop-Pop's evil? He takes another drag on the on the cigar there. Just because you're going to hell, it doesn't mean you're going to be a prisoner there. So what, we all get to be under you? Kind of. You're close. You're going to work for my overlord. Who's... Going to make me burn and scream and die eternally now. No, no, no. He's going to put you to work. More souls. More people. More troops. See, the goal for them has been domination. There's a couple of ways that can happen. 
They can either control a world physically, go in, boots on the ground, take it all over, pull it into their dimension, then they own it. Or it can simply swear fealty to them, do as they ask, with the understanding that asking is more along the lines of telling, uh, bend the knee, as it were. Now, my hope for our family is that someone along the line would have been smart enough to figure that out and move us in that second direction. Ultimately, doesn't matter. That's my end of the deal, is that three generations will end up serving my overlord. And you've got plenty of experience with these powers, these abilities. You've been using them like hotcakes. So you're already a trained crack troop, Billy. Fantastic. Thanks for the uh, paternal support. <laughs> Your dad, your dad thinks that he's going to march in with an army of, uh, well, I'm not really sure what, but something, something that he thinks is going to force their hand. But as we've noted, once you're there, you're theirs. So he's going to bring us another army. I'm perfectly fine with that. So if what dad's doing is basically no matter what he does, he's playing into your hands. Ah, <laughs> uh, now you understand how business savvy your pop-pop is. Damn. Yeah. Damned, more specifically. (laughs) Got it in one. So look, Billy, thank you for bringing me here. Much nicer than where I have been. And I can already feel the chains falling off, so to speak. Fantastic. Oh, don't worry. I'm not going to do anything bad with it. Or at least... Oh, yeah. Sure. Your point of view. So tell me this. Me and you, we seem a lot alike. I would like to think so. Dad, not so much. I'm not a fan of his methods. You don't seem to be a fan of his methods either. No, I'm not saying you're not using them for your own good. Okay. But he's not going about things the way you want. His scope is too small. Mm. So what really needs to happen for the good of the family, really, is that someone else needs to take charge and use the power of the Inference Corporation to help prepare the world to bend the knee <laughs> for this other world, correct? Well, that would be the easiest way to go about it, I suppose. Rather than all this, like, bloodshed and unnecessary dying, and probably losing several of our own family members along the way, the peaceful thing, or smart thing, is to put someone else in charge of the family. I mean, that's going to happen sooner or later regardless, though. Personally, I'm looking forward to an army of whatever your dad has prepared. It's going to happen when they're going to take over, sure, but I'm not so sure that that's his plan. Exactly. I'm not sure his plan is to actually bring an army. I think he wants to negotiate the deal by selling, essentially, souls. Balthazar just kind of shrugs at you. Ultimately going to be the same thing. We get a lot out of this deal. Your dad isn't going to get what he thinks he is. Is there, any way, to, is there any way to renegotiate this at all? <laughs> Apparently not, based on what you're saying. If he's right, isn't it worth considering? I think at this point, uh, we're, we're going to go back and do one more Pierce the Mask. Or either that, or actually this might be a Words of the Past, because you are consulting someone for... I, act, I actually yeah. am. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do Words of the Past. Uh, tell them about a problem you face. Ask them a question about the problem. They'll answer it honestly and tell you what to do, which I think we've kind of gotten to here. Yep. Um, Take plus one ongoing if you listen, and if you go your own way, you mark potential. So the question that you're kind of asking is, is there a way to to renegotiate this deal? Correct. I suppose if you could 
Because here's the thing. Storming into the Overlord's lair is not going to work. It's his place. But if you can bring him out, then you've got chips to negotiate with. Hmm. So out of his place of power. Yeah. All you got to do is A, find out who that is, B, get its true name, C, summoning circle binding agent of some kind, and D, not die in the process. So impossible. Oh, nothing's impossible, Billy Boy. Mm. Just depends on if you've got the business savvy and the guts to do it. And look, if you do, trust me, I'm in your corner. I'm a big fan of what you're doing right now. You only like what I'm doing because I'm basically being an asshole to dad. Oh, not only, but it is a strong upside. <laughs> uh, you're honest in some respects, I'll give you that. Pop, pop. <laughs> your pop, pop would never lie to you, Billy. I'm not so sure of that. Oh, no, it's bad business. Okay, one last question for you. Sure. What can I do for Eric right now? Allo? Look, Eric is gonna do what Eric's gonna do. What you wanna do for Eric is entirely on your head. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna open up a portal. I'm gonna send you back to your dad, because he did send me send you to me, and that's a, it's a contract sort of thing. What is it? <laughs> well, you're dealing with a demon, son. And then I'm going to go about my way. Your dad's going to be a little bit confused about where my portrait went. Uh, what I want you to tell him is that I've prepared the way for him. Can you do that for me, boy? Sure. Wonderful. He takes another long drag on his uh, cigar and just kind of blows it at you, and the smoke clouds over you, and you find yourself back in your room, at which point we realize there's no door. So, we are back to this moment. What do you do? So, earlier... Dad essentially tracked my portal. Maybe. How else would he have known? Unless he can track the Baroness, which is technically where he went, I believe. It is. So he tracked the Baroness, and rather than bring his whole army, he GP, he just jumped himself through a portal over there. Yep. So if he can't track my portals, okay, I'll give him a few more gray hairs. I need a hiding spot. For the void chime before I even remotely come close to my father again. <laughs> sure. So that's priority one. I'm going to look through. Uh, the room is pretty Spartan, but I assume I have some textbooks and such. Sure. Uh, what kind of thing are you looking for? Probably a, a geography book or a history of a different culture. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Let's say a South American history. Okay. Looking for a picture of a. Uh, Mayan temple. Okay. And I'm going to study that picture and then attempt to open a very small portal to that place. Okay. And let's some like top of the temple or something. Sure, sure. And I'm going to drop the void chime through the portal. Okay. That'll definitely be an unleashing your powers. Okay. So go ahead and do that. Oh no. Oh no. What you got? That's the five. Whew. Not good enough. Alright. You open a portal and you Stick your hand through, and you drop it, and as you are closing it, you see a portal open up. And on the other side of that is Antitoxin. And as your portal is closing, she just kind of taps her little cane on the top of the temple and says, Thank you. You saw that happen, and I think we have a panel where... What, what does William look like at that point? Pissed. <laughs> the next thing we get is kind of a knock behind you, and you turn around and realize that your door is back. Uh, and you hear on the other side... The voice of Debbie Diabolus. Will William? You in there? Where else would I be? 
Can I come in? Are you decent? Mm, I'm still trying to decide that. <laughs> I could be a lot of things. I'm just going to come in. <laughs> she opens the door. Debbie, at this point, kind of looks in at you. Did that wall do something to you? The wall. Yeah, when you're staring at the wall and you look, you look kind of angry. Yeah, but I could just be angry at you. Why would you be angry at me? Mm, I don't know. Uh, you told me you could keep those void chimes safe, and yet, uh... What are you talking about? Did you ever have any void chimes? Yeah, still do. Okay. And you have them, and you've given them to my father? Why would I do that? Okay. If you are saying you still have them, then how are you keeping them protected from antitoxin? And what have you told my father? Oh, well, that's easy. Uh... I told your dad, well, first off, I had to give him the one back that we stole from him. And I might have told him, and she kind of looks around, I really hate having this conversation in this house. I might have told him where one is. And she kind of like, I lied. But you still ended up giving him one back. Okay. Which I guess means he has, what, three now? Um, four. I had one. You had one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he had another one. And he had one. Mm-hmm. And they had one that I gave back to him. Mm-hmm. So that was two. And then they had the one that was in Phoenix, which I know he's got now. Mm-hmm. So that should be three. Yeah, and you didn't uh, tell me that uh, apparently antitoxin can track them. Well, I mean... But not when they're on me? I don't know her that well. I didn't work for her. Okay, well, she's got it now. Okay. That's bad. Yeah. But that means we still have one. Great, now he can only level, like, a city instead of a continent. I know this is hard for you. Look, I just came to see how you were holding up. Uh, Is there anything that I can... What could you possibly do for me, Debbie? You haven't actually helped me at all. (laughs) Oh, jeez. You have been of no help this entire time since we have met. I thought I was giving you good information and keeping a void chime safe for you. And I think she looks a little bit hurt. Debbie needs to take a powerful blow. But I think I think she does. She does. I think I think she just did. Um, and I think what she does um, is just kind of like hang her head a little bit and goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I guess I wasn't doing as much as I thought I was." And you can see like little tears kind of well up in her eye, and she turns and just like runs down the hallway. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. But your door is open. Well, it exists. That's like yes. a step up, yep. regardless. It exists so. and it's open. So what do you do? Guess I'm gonna go talk to Dad. Uh, so you know where his study is, mm-hmm. and you head down the hall. He's still in there. At this point, it looks like he's filling out some sort of documents. When you come in, he doesn't even look up. He says he's preparing the way. Your dad closes the little document book. Good. And have you decided to cooperate with the family? I'm not sure I know what that means. What is it you want me to do? When we have all five void chimes, which will be very soon... We're going to need people to strike them. People connected to the steel. I need you to strike a chime, William. As my heir. And why does it have to be me and not Eric, who was already fully willing to do whatever you wanted? Oh, you'll both be there. But I need my heir. And that's you now. And what about Eric? He's what? Just rotten meat? (laughs) What do you... What good is he to you now? He has a part to play in this. Like I said, we need five people to strike these chimes. He will be one of them. Past that, 
I honestly don't know what use he is anymore. Well, that's a remarkably honest answer from you. How can I get you, William, to understand that what we are doing is in our family's best interests? You know that the world is larger than just our family, right? And he kind of stands up, rubs the side of his face a little bit. How much of it? What difference have your friends made, really made, in the day-to-day lives of the people of this city? Not much. Hmm. And you may note that we funded an entire wing of a children's hospital. Do you know how many people are going to live and live better lives because of that? Probably quite a few. Then, in the balance of things, I think that shows that just because there are more people in the world doesn't mean that they're worth more than we are. I'm not so sure that the end always justifies the means. You're young. I'm also not sure of where this ends. If you manage to renegotiate this deal, how can you be certain that the world isn't going to end up the same way anyway? Seems to me that whatever, wherever all these demons come from is coming for this planet one way or another. It's plain, whatever you want to call it. Do you think that if you manage to get us out of that contract, that they're not going to come regardless? It's short-term benefits. So all I look forward to is the next quarter, if we're being perfectly honest. But I know that if we don't renegotiate this, we will be in no position to do anything. So step one must be what it is. So what's your plan? Masks, A New Generation, is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of demons, demons, and more demons. Give it your dollars, it is well worth them. The Baroness is played by Christina. Pyro is played by Lenny. You can find her on Instagram at c4tfood. William Furness is played by me. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at nanjitsu. Epic City is jammed by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Ash Brandt. Find them on Twitter at cinder underscore Brandt, on Instagram at brandt.ash, and on Tumblr at Kimmins. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next issue.